Okay, we are in Sefer Ezra, Perik Dalid, Pasuk Aleph, Vayishmau Sarei Yehuda Ubinyamin. So yesterday we concluded Perik Gimel of Ezra with a triumphant return of the Jews of Bavel, or at least some of them, to the base Hamikdash. They established the location of the Mizbeach. They began to do the foundation of the temple itself. And spontaneously, they all come to Yerushalayim on the first of Tishrei. They begin or restore the Karbon Tamid. They then morph into um, different Karbonos, Rosh Hashanah, for Musaf, and so they're back in their land, back in their temple. The building is commencing on the whole base Hamikdash itself. And as you would guess, trouble rears its ugly head. It rears its head in the form of a group known as the Kutim or the Shomronim, either one. And let's take a minute to just establish who they were. You will recall that we learned previously that the first great empire of Ashur had conquered most of the known world. And its king, Sancherev, had a brilliant, it was a brilliant policy, a demographic strategy of relocating the indigenous populations of the countries he conquered. The idea being, if he moved the entire population to an outer reach of his empire, you couldn't make revolution if you were 3,000 miles away from home. And so that's what happens to the Aseris Hashvatim. They are transported to distant lands thousands of miles away, and of course, for the most part, we never hear of them again. Similarly, he brings in people that he's conquered from foreign lands to what was the land of Judea and Israel. And one of the groups he brings in is the Kutim, or the Shomronim. So we learn that they come into Israel, Judea, And what happens is because they keep their religious paganism, the Medrash tells us that they were attacked by wild lions. And in fear of those lions and of losing their lives, they convert. And the question is, do they convert sincerely or did they convert because of the fear of the lions has raged for centuries and the question is they are looked upon as quasi-Jews as we will see later. Their status is very fuzzy, very unclear. The truth is if you convert because of out of some reason you have a motivation, it's not considered a true conversion. So the question is what is the extent of their participation in the life of Judea. And that's where we will pick it up. They're in the middle of beginning the temple itself. As we've said, they've got the Mizbeach, they've got the foundation. 
And now the enemies of Yehuda Ubinyamin, because now they are returned exiles and they are building the Hechel Hashem Elokei Yisrael. Um, so they hear what's going on. They approach Rubavel, who is the titular political head of B'nai Yisrael. Let us build with you. Just as you, we are seeking your God. And have we not worshipped and offered sacrifices to that God from the time that we were brought here? Asa Chardon is the son of Sancheriv, since we were brought here. Rashi says they don't mean a word of it. Their agenda was strictly to frustrate, to uh, eliminate the building of that base Hamikdash. They wanted it stopped. Don't be fooled for a second. So they asked, can we participate? And Zubavel answers them, and then Yeshua ben Yosadok, the active Kohen Gadol, says, It's not going to happen. You and we cannot build the temple. We as a people, Israel will build it, or hey Israel, as Koresh in his proclamation said that the Jews are to go back and build the temple. The Malbim tells us that the problem is very simply, they worship the Kodesh Baruch Beshitov, literally partnership, but it means with a co-deity. Kemochenem, they had a second God. So they worship with an ancillary God, but they worship the Kaddish Baruch Hu himself, and that cannot be done, period. So they very politely tell them, no, it is not going to happen. Um, the question also arises that... Um, can you, halachically, have non-Jews assist in building the temple? The answer is no, you cannot. So then you're asked to explain Koresh, that he gave money and vast. That was a special thing that it was a gezerah from the Kaddish Baruch Hu, that Koresh was mandated by God to do what he did. It's not that he, it, it, it forms no reference or um, a point for saying, yes, non-Jews can assist with the building of the temple. They can't, period. And that's what they tell the Shomronim and the Kutim. Uh, interestingly, by the way, uh, there's a difference between the Ksav and the Kri, the low. 
The low meaning that uh, have we not worshipped your God along with you. And in the Cree, in the Xiv, it's below. And we haven't. So it's meant to say they haven't worshipped the Kodesh Baruch Hu with Israel. They are not entitled to do so now. And now the Kutites or the Shomron, they're called Shomronim, they're really from the nation of Kut originally, but are settled in Shomron, in Samaria. So now they are going to, if they can't help, if they can't frustrate it, they're going to do it another way. And so they've come and they've decided, Marapim, they are going to weaken the hand of Israel and the hand of Judea in restoring that Beis Hamikdash. Umifchalim Osam live note, and they are going to do everything in their power to prevent them from building that temple. The Sochrim Alehem Yoatsim, this is very interesting. Sochrim, they hire really what you could say are advisors, PR men, lobbyists. They hire groups of them and dedicate themselves for the entire period from Koresh, remember also through Achashverosh, remember through Daryovesh, they work obsessively on upending this building of the temple. They are going to do anything and everything possible. And now, in the Malchus of Achashverosh, they start at the beginning of his regime to write a sitna. A sitna is a calumny, a libellous, defamatory letter. On the people of Judah for Yerushalayim. Ubimei Artashata, that is a generic name for Koresh. In his a Kosav Bishlom Misrada, they write a letter as if they're inquiring about the health of uh, Koresh. So there are two letters here. They put the second one first. Second one is to a terribly defamatory letter, following up on the level uh, and letter they wrote to Koresh, which also kind of implants a loyalty that is not totally to him by the Bnei Yehuda. <clears throat> and it's written by a man, Misradas Tavel, Ushnar Knoyasov, the rest of his group, Al Artach Shasa, they write it to Koresh Melech Paras. Usav Hanishon Kosov Aramis, Umisurgam Aramis, and the letter, being that he's the king of Persia, is written in Aramis and is interpreted in Aramis, which means that we are going to have to go back to Aramis as we did in Doniel, but not yet, not today. In any event, they hire an entourage of people. Ruchum Beltem B'Shimshei Sofra Kosu Yerushalayim. So Ruchum, who is the scribe, I'm sorry, Ruchum is the author, Simichai is the scribe, and the Mephorshim tell us Shimshai is none other than a son of Haman. And that the Mephorshim say Haman was actively involved in this whole effort. So they write, Chada Yerushalayim la'atach shamalcha kinama. And one letter to 
um, Koresh. So the letter to Koresh is first, the letter to Achashverosh is second, but the intent is the same. Then Rechum writes it, Shamshai writes it, uh, and is the scribe, and the rest of his cohorts, and they are mentioned, Dinoye, Ba'arsachtia, Chapale, Afsia, Arkisa, Bevavloi, Shushkana, Jeheve, Ilma. These were other groups. These were groups in uh, Judea. Some of the groups had settled in Shomron that are gung-ho for this program of the Shomronim to upend the building of the temple. And they write this letter, these other people, and that's the name of one of those groupings. Beginning the Aramaic, and they send this letter to Artashita, who we call Koresh, Avadecha Onish, Avad Nahara Ukaenis, in the name of those people. And so the die has been cast, the letter is about to be written, which of course changes the course of Jewish history in building the temple, just as everything looked so promising. So, in Mirz Hashem, we will continue tomorrow with the contents of that letter in Aramaic and its disastrous effect on the rebuilding of Bayashani. 8.45 a.m. Ad Khan. Do any of the Mephorshim talk about the motivation? Do any of the Mephorshim talk about the motivation? Just pure, yeah, hatred. They didn't want that. As Rashi says, even when they come with that obsequious kind of we want to help, they don't mean it. Their desire is to frustrate, upend. They don't want a temple. They're unhappy the Jews are back. Remember, they have the whole land to themselves. And now after 70 years, or here 52 years, they're coming back to reoccupy. So they are very unhappy. So we will pick it up, as I say, Mir Sashem, Monday, uh, tomorrow morning, 8.45 Ad Khan. Yeah.